Welcome back to the Loftcast. I'm Ian Taylor from the QBR Media team, and today I'm joined by Club Ambassador Andy Sinton and my media colleague Andy Watkins. We'll be reflecting on a busy Easter weekend for the R's, looking back on our fixtures against Reading and Norwich, as well as looking ahead to Saturday's trip to Hull City. And we'll also be joined by this guy. Here's a chance. Yeah, he's got another one. Ryan Manning makes it four for the R's. This is Rangers' biggest win of the season so far, by far. Guys, thanks for joining us on the Loftcast today. We've got so much to talk about following the Norwich game on Bank Holiday Monday, but let's start uh, by looking back on Good Friday, uh, if we have to. We might not want to. Um, A case of what might have been Andy Sinton. Still don't know how we we lost the game, to be honest. Uh, You know, four days, five days on. Uh, Certainly should have got something out of it, but um, sometimes you get games like that where you create chance after chance after chance and it's not your night and you lick your wounds and you you walk away and move on. Always difficult when you come up against uh, a side of appointed a manager, uh, a new manager, and it was Paul Clement's first game in charge. And how difficult is that for a QPR manager when you're preparing to play a side that is obviously new? Well, you don't know what you're going to come across, uh, albeit Paul Clement. I think he had four days with his players. Mm. Uh, people were asking me last week, how do you think he might play? You know, he's got this um, reputation as being a really good coach, which I'm sure he is. Um, I thought he wouldn't be very expansive. And what I was saying, and I said on commentary, the, the, the key to games like that when you've got a new manager is not to give them anything early doors well we didn't give them anything but they got a worldie which gave them something to um, not cling on to if you like but it was evident in the four days that he had had he had obviously worked a lot through defensive shape when the opposition had the ball and um, it made it very very difficult when QBR had possession you always went with a bank of four and a bank of five and blocked all the holes basically so uh, they did well but as I say, I'm still struggling to understand how we didn't win, uh, how we didn't win the game, or or certainly get something out of it. Because looking back on it, Andy, it was a, a very even opening. It was a it was a horrible night, wasn't it? At the Madstead, it uh, was a horrible journey there. I think it took everybody who was travelling double the time it would normally take them, and the pitch itself was quite wet underfoot, wasn't it? And that made for really tricky conditions, especially in the opening quarter of an hour, twenty minutes or so. Yeah, I think when we we also knew the team that was lining up and with with Connor up front and the the wingers, um, we were looking to to get the ball down, play some quick football, get out to the wings. And I think from from the second it kicked off and we were trying to play it around, the ball was just getting held up on the pitch. And um, yeah, it certainly didn't help us the first sort of ten fifteen minutes, but obviously it was the same for for Reading as well. Um, but yeah, certainly early on there was there was nothing nothing between us and apart from. Aluko down down there right, who was causing us one mm. or two problems, and obviously came up with a, a screamer for the goal, which proved somehow to be to be the only goal of the game. But yeah, it was a shame because the the pitch wasn't wasn't great, and it didn't it didn't help us. But I mean, that said, we had we had more than enough chances and more than enough possession to to have come away with a point, if not all three. Andy, a fellow winger, you saw Sonny Aluko, and he he beats Bidwell on the on the outside, and then he cuts back on the inside and. Gets away a great shot with his left foot. It's very good wide play, but from a defensive point of view, could Jake probably looking back on it? Is he thinking perhaps I could have just brought him to ground when he was almost on the halfway line when he received possession? I think that's one of two things there. You either get really, really tight and just try and force him back. Well, not too tight that he can turn you, which is what he did. But you know, just uh, force him back or 
dare I say it, and you don't like to say it, you you, you take him out around about the halfway line Bring and you, you deal with it from there. From then on, he's always looking to come inside on his left foot and he hits on from, what is it, 25 yards. Yeah. I think Alex gets a fingertip to it. Post his stamp though, wasn't it really? It's a, it's a brilliant strike, uh, a brilliant goal, but that just gave them something to... Um, to hang on to and play with and, and to defend. You say hang on, and they were hanging on for dear life, really. it was the Alamo, wasn't it? Almost from the minute they scored, it was all Rangers, and there were, there were chances before the break, half chances, and then second half, once once the manager opted to make some changes, that just continued, didn't it? And it, it looked at that point like it was only going to be a matter of time, but the longer it went on, the more frustrated um, everyone was becoming. We were sitting in the press area being frustrated. The fans were showing their frustration as well because they couldn't really knock the level of performance. That performance level was good. Um, you know, the way we moved the ball on a albeit a difficult pitch. Well, certainly the second half, we, we worked the ball wide. We got a lot more happening in the box, forcing Redden to defend. Um, but for me, it was only going to be a matter of time. And I, I felt once we, if we, if we could have got one, we would have gone on and won the game. Unfortunately, we didn't get one. The red card when it um, occurred, Andy, it was uh, two silly bookings really from Jan Kamongan. Um, he only been on the pitch, I think, 10 minutes or so, yep. and he picked up two two bookings and he was off. But that didn't really disrupt the pattern of play. If anything, it just gave Rangers more momentum. And then just when you think all hope's gone, um, Pavel Shoek, who um, always seems to play quite well at Reading, um, he was booked around by Dave Edwards in the box. And you think... Finally, here we go, but it wasn't to be. Yeah, as you say, the the red card didn't really, it was a strange one because it didn't really have much impact because, as you say, it had been pretty much one-way traffic. It was like we were playing against 10 in the second half anyway because it was yeah, one side. one-way traffic before that, wasn't it? Yeah. Whenever, whenever the ball went forward, Nedham or, or Joel would just step in front of, I think it was Chris Martin, yeah. and it would just come straight back. And yeah, yeah with Kermigan off, it didn't really have any effect because we were we were just piling on the pressure. And as you say, I think we were... We were talking in the press box thinking, you know, for all the, the pressure, maybe it's just going to be one of those nights. And then 91st minute, Pavel goes down. They sort of rush the blood to the head, I think, from Dave Edwards. And suddenly you've got a penalty and we're thinking, you know, maybe, maybe it will be our night. Maybe we can we can get this penalty away. And But then there was that delay, wasn't there? Yeah. Uh, call it what you want, gamesmanship, I don't know. Yeah, they chucked the ball away, didn't but they? And, uh, it worked, didn't it? Um, and it seemed like an eternity be between the referee awarding the spot kick and it actually being taken. And then when Jake steps up, the left back taking a a penalty, I don't know, are there other attacking players on the pitch that perhaps should pull rank and say, you know, I'm a striker, I'm an attacking midfielder, I want to take it. Ollie made a, a point of that afterwards, didn't he? It, it wasn't so much calling players out, but where do you stand in that? Do, do you like, I mean, Clive Wilson was a great penalty taker, wasn't he? There's been Dennis Irwin at Manchester United over the years. Yeah, Stuart fantastic, Pierce, Julian fantastic Dix, Ray Stewart when I was growing up. But you know, if you're in that team and you're looking around and there's you know some good strikers of the ball in that team, you look at um, Luke Freeman, for example, with Barry Easy, who's you know flourishing and confidence running through his veins at the minute. It's a difficult one, isn't it? If we'd have scored, we wouldn't even be discussing it. Exactly, and that's that's the thing. You know, it is. A, I think penalties is. It's all about who fancies it. And let's face it, you know, Jake Bidwell stepped up yep. 18 months ago and smashed yep. one into the, the roof of the net at Loftus yep. Road. And everyone says, what a great penalty. You know, he hits his penalty well enough the other night. He just hits it a little bit too close to the keeper and at a comfortable height. Yep. Where the vast stand, in an ideal world, I personally think uh, attacking players should take penalties. That's not to say that's, that's just my personal opinion. But I'll be a little bit... <coughs> 
I wouldn't say disappointed if you like if that hadn't been worked through with the players mm. or the players had worked that out themselves. Okay. I if think we the manager pe- said that Connor was the designated. If we get a penalty when Connor's on the pitch, um, Connor steps up. Should we lose him through injury or substitution? You should maybe have a plan B. Uh, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But listen, credit to Jake. He steps up. Brave thing to do the last minute. I see him after the game. He's distraught. Yep. Um, Devastating, And, you know, he had, he had had another good game. He's had a fantastic month. I know we spoke to him last week. It was just probably summed up the night, actually, that it wasn't yeah, going to go in. it wasn't meant to be. What I would say is, though, that the three and a half or just short of 3,500 Rangers fans. I thought, in terms of away performances from a group of supporters, that was as good as I've seen all year, really. I think they were absolutely, to a man, woman, child, they were absolutely brilliant. Yeah, they were. They were magnificent. They were loud. You know, what was the 3,200? Horrible night, you know. You know, to get down the motorway. It is their holiday break, you know. Cost money to go and watch your team. (laughs) But right behind the side, and I think over the course of the season, they'd be magnificent but brilliant the other night. Okay, and then on to Norwich, wasn't it? On Bank Holiday Monday, the fixtures come thick and fast at this time of the year. Ollie made four changes, didn't he? Easy, Manning, Smith and Luongo all returned, and we know what happened because they all scored, which was fantastic. Um, But brave call from the manager to make so many changes after what was, as we said, not a good result on Friday night, but a good performance. Yeah, exactly right. Um, I know there were a few sort of eyebrows raised when... Um, the team was came out at, at Reading on on Friday night, and um, you know obviously Mass had, had been away on international duty, etc. And, and Ryan Manning obviously had had a productive international break as well. So I think the fans were certainly were pleased to see to see those four names back on the team sheet. Yep. Um, and obviously as it yeah as it as it happened, they <laughs> fair to say they uh, made an impact as well. Yeah, some inspired selections from the manager. But yet again, Andy, it was. It was a wet day here, wasn't it? There had been heavy rainfall throughout in the morning. It was a bit scrappy early on, wasn't it? Both teams were looking to get the ball down and play, but um, struggling to keep possession, struggling to create chances. And then you just thought, perhaps it's not going to be our day again because Norwich score, well, we almost score at one end. They break on the count. The Rangers are back in great numbers. Got four or five defending the ball. By hook or by crook, it comes off Ryan Manning, and then all of a sudden we're a goal down. Yeah, it's a classic counter-attack, actually. Um, you know, but we were really, really unfortunate. Certainly young Ryan's really unfortunate. You know, he Knows nothing about it. It covers a lot of ground to get back there. It just hits him and trickles over the line. Uh, and you, you're sort of wondering, you know, where's that come from? Or I was, anyway. But the pleasing thing for me, or the key thing in the whole game of the other day, was how quickly we mm. we bounced back. Because that would have made half-time a lot easier. You know, if we had gone in 1-0 down probably a little bit down, you know, it hasn't been our day again yeah. sort of thing. Gives um, gives Norwich something to cling on to, hang on to. But I think that gave us the initiative and I thought we came out the second half and we were absolutely outstanding. Let's just touch on, before we get on to the second half, let's just touch on Massimo Luongo. That was a, a brilliant individual goal, a neat one-two and then a really tidy finish. So it took him 58 games <laughs> to get his first QPR goal. He's now got seven in 106 in total, but four in the last seven. Well, I'm one of Massimo's biggest fans, you know, in terms of what he what he does and how he plays, and I think he's been really good since we signed him. Uh, but I've been saying, and I've said on this platform many times, you know, if he could only add goals to his game, he would suddenly start becoming the more complete midfield player. Mm. And as you say, the stats that you've just give us, you know, he is adding that to his game, and uh, long may that continue. And you can see him growing with the game. And 
let's see if he can let's see if he can continue. He's not going to keep going on that sort of ratio, <laughs> if you like. Uh, he won't he be playing. He won't be playing for us if he does. <laughs> but as I say, he, he's added that of his game now to go with his passing. You know, he's he gets his foot in a lot. You know, yeah. he wins a lot of tackles. He's, key in he's energetic. He, he knits things together. So yeah. Now he's getting the goals. He's uh, he's bec- he's fast becoming the complete midfield player. So one one at the break, and Iberiazi, um having spoken to him after the game, said that Ian Holloway was quite clear and concise in in what he said at half time in terms of be positive, be on the front foot, you know, stick to the structure. And, and boy, did Rangers do that in the second half. There were chances even before Matt Smith put us two one ahead on fifty five minutes. But just a word on Matt Smith uh, as we turn attention to his goal. I mean that 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 took his goals for the season at Loftus Road to nine in in 18 um, of which he's only started nine of those games so just go through those stats so it's 18 appearances at Loftus Road nine starts nine goals eight assists and he's been involved in 16 of QPR's 30 home league goals they're quite staggering statistics aren't they yeah it's um it's amazing when you look at those really and the impact he's had um i think me and andy were, were talking just before here about his goals this season and the fact they've all been they've all been headers but certainly here at, at home he's been instrumental um you know when when he's been playing well and when he's been delivering we've we've tend to you know the results have, have gone our way and again again on um on monday the impact he had for pretty much all the goals um was massive yeah Ian holloway um, said afterwards it was his his most all-round individual display that Matt Smith's put on since then. Yeah, I would agree with that. And he's had some good ones. Yeah, he has, especially over the last couple of months. A few weeks ago at Villa, I thought he was outstanding up there, didn't score. He's a real handful, isn't it? But But I've just written down But it's more than that, isn't it? He he probably divides opinion on, you know, what he gives the team. What we know with Matt, he's not going to go running channels. He's not going to go really closing down from the front. But I know enough that if you put stuff in the box and enough stuff in the box with decent quality he can be unplayable and there's certainly a handful and it's not just his attacking verve as well but when you see him at the back defending set pieces the amount of headers he wins in yeah, there so at, at crucial crucial times yeah. I mean he came off the bench uh, against Reading and his first task was to win two headers from two corners and it does make a difference when you've got somebody of that height but it's how you use that height and we do play to his strengths as was proven with the goal you know, he assisted himself didn't he with the goal <laughs> Oh, what a, and what a goal, you know, because and he had no right to win that header. All intents and purposes, you've just said it. You know, he's got no right to win that. I'm thinking keeper's going to come and either catch it or certainly punch it. Yeah, or clatter into him. Or yeah. but Smithy gets up so early, gets so high, and to sort of crane his neck, if you like, and direct it back to where it needs to go, uh, does, does deserves a hell of a lot of credit for. So he scores the goal and then he sets one up. Great, uh, great long ball. Um, but you know, when you say long ball, it wasn't just a pump forward. It was a a direct ball into the path of Matt Smith. He nods it down and there's the the youngster, very easy, doing what he does best. It's a, a really good first touch, isn't it? And then a great low finish that gave Angus Gunn absolutely no chance. Yeah, again, Matt Smith doing doing what he does best. And I think at the time, looking at it from the the press box, I think. I've, just sort of remember it being quite a simple finish, but I think I did a beer a disservice because watching the highlights back, he's nipped in front of the defender with his right foot and then slotted it away with his left. So a great I think finish for me. What you just said there, the key to that goal is as it's travelling, as he he's on the run. move, yeah. he's yeah. on the move, he's gambling, he's expecting Matt Smith to win it. He doesn't know exactly where it's going to fall. But he's in the right area. But he, he's making a calculated guess. That look at Smith. Look at his body. Look at the height. Look at his eyes. How We're, much of an art is that? Because you know you talk about the great goal scoring midfielders from different generations, but they all arrive bang on cue, don't they? In the box. That's huge. It's it's what I say is game intelligence. 
you know, you got to, you got to look at the flight of the ball, you know, the, the pace of the ball, the the angle that your mate might head it back to you, and take your movements off that, you know, and um, it's a great first touch, a little bit of a scruffy second touch, you know, he's finished, but who cares, you know, they're the best ones sometimes, the scruffy ones always seem to go in. And Mark Bircham will be going to church with it very easy this Sunday, because they had a, a little sportsman's bet, I believe, so... 3-1 becomes 4-1, doesn't it, with 10 minutes to go. And, and Ryan Manning, um, who's had to bide his time, and we've, we'll be hearing from him very shortly about how difficult he's found it or how much of a challenge he's found it this season. But he's had to bide his time, but that's two great headers in the in the last couple of weeks. Now he's got a great header when he left John Terry on his arse at Villa Park a few weeks ago. <laughs> and it was a, almost an even better header, really, wasn't it, the one... Uh, the one right in front of the loft in here. Another great ball from Jake Bidwell, and that really was the icing on the cherry on top of the cake. Yeah, it's a great, great ball in, great header. You know, I have to say, going off piece. It's cherry on the icing, I think. <laughs> well, one way or the other. <laughs> so pleased for, for, for Ryan Manning. Not because it's Ryan Manning, but I see a young player that made a massive breakthrough last year. Mm. You know, um, signs his new deal. You know, a lot of people are wax lyrical about him. And probably through no fault of his own, he hasn't played at the start of this season. Then because of the form of others, hasn't been able to get in. Yep. So had to be really, really patient. But he's bided his time. He's took his chance, certainly in the last month. And what he's, what he's showing me from, from afar is, uh, you know what, I'm in this side on merit and I'm here to stay. And uh, that's, that's up to him and obviously the manager if he keeps picking him. But he's been brilliant and delighted for him. The attacking players always get the headlines, don't they, after a 4-1 win, as you'd expect. But... You can't help but be enthused by the, the performance of Ned and Manua uh, alongside Joel Lynch. The two full-backs were excellent again. Um, obviously, Jake with another assist. Darnell Furlong is impressing game after game after game. The four changes brought about four goal scorers as well. We played, and you said this in the tunnel afterwards, we played with a real swagger, didn't we? What did, what did you mean by that? Well, I think... I see them at the training ground sometimes. I certainly see bits of games, but I think we've got good players. We've got good technicians. We've got people on the ball. We're fit. I think that was evident on um, Monday as well, you know, yeah. our fitness levels. Um, but it's that confidence in winning games and winning and scoring goals and gaining that little bit of consistency. That can give you the confidence to go on. I'm not talking about showboating and, and, and stuff like that, but, you know, wanting the ball receiving the ball in a tight area. All the things sometimes that you don't quite see happening when you're struggling mm. happened the other day. And um, Some of the one-touch stuff in the final 10 minutes, was it was like a no, training round no, exercise. It was brilliant. It? And uh, as I say, that comes from a run of games, a run of decent performances, a run of good results. Yeah, take the red and one out of it. But um, we've got some good players and we've got a good side. We're not the finished title by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, the season's been a little bit frustration. Uh, one of frustration but that is what we're capable of doing certainly over the last month and certainly what we saw Saturday Ian Holloway made a point didn't he in his programme notes for that game that the QBR fans are, are playing an integral role in helping these young players flourish and he also said afterwards the fans are creating an environment now for our young players to thrive and flourish how important is it that the supporters buy into almost a new look QBR because the big spending days are behind us. We're bringing through young talent now that is coming through the academy. It's really important, isn't it? Very important. Uh, and I think the fans are uh, buying into it. You know, I think they've been... Uh, you'll always have some people that don't want to see what's happening, don't understand what's happening and the reasons why it's happening. But I think the vast majority are realistic, have seen what's happening, see the different direction we've had to go in. 
seeing the youngsters now after a period of time um, starting to come through. You know, there's a there's a handful this year that you could you could reel off, you know, but it is vitally important with young kids that they're going to be a little bit up and down. Don't give them too much um, pressure, if you like, and don't rely totally on them because they're going to be a little bit inconsistent. But the fans play a massive part in that, and I think, by and large, the majority are delighted with what they're seeing from the youngsters coming through into the side. <laughs> Ryan, thanks very much for joining us on the Loftcast. We're talking after a very comfortable 4-1 win against Norwich City at Loftus Road. And personally, for you to get on the score sheet again after scoring against Aston Villa, you must be really enjoying this recent spell in the side and the performances that you're producing. Yeah, no, 100%. You know, I've, like I said before, I've waited a good few months for my chance and to get out there and start getting goals and, and positive results with the side is, is you know, exactly what I was hoping would happen. And then, I suppose, since the Knott's Forest game, as a team, we've been playing very good football and we've been there, thereabouts. Like obviously, last Friday's game didn't go as planned results-wise, but the performance and everyone that's seen it, seen that we we deserve more from the game. So definitely, we're building good momentum, and you know maybe it's, it's too late probably in the season for anything to happen, but it's all positive and we can hopefully carry it into next season. And talk us through your goal, another headed goal. Yeah, me and Bids literally. I say most days after training, me and Bids do that one where because Pat cross out to him and I run in and last two goals I've got have literally been the exact same combination so you know I'm just enjoying it and you know, as long as balls come into the box I'll have a go at it and try to score And then looking back at the game as a whole we largely dominated and then found ourselves a goal down of course that happened on Friday against Reading but the reaction of the players was almost instant Yeah like you know you look back to maybe 12 months ago the um, the results we go 1-0 down the game we didn't look like we'd get back in it you know it was just some sort of voodoo that was over us we couldn't get back into games but I think recently now you know whether we're going down or go one nil up we're still pushing on trying to get more goals trying to push on and, and I think that's kind of credit to the gaffer and how you know he's getting us to play and how we're really beginning to like fully understand what he's been trying to get us to do and it's all kind of coming together so you know I think it's all positive for us for us going forward. Going back to yourself, obviously you broke into the side uh, the back end or second half of last season, did brilliantly, you know, signed a new deal. But this year you've had to sort of bide your time, um, more probably to do with the form of the three midfield players. Yeah. How frustrating has that been for you? But credit yourself, you've you bided your time, you've seemed like you've took your chance, your performance and now are saying to the manager, you know, I'm here, leave me out of your peril. Yeah. But was that a difference? Because you really, I think people might forget, you're still a young kid, aren't you? How was that period when you were out of the side? Yeah, like, you know, breaking in, like I've said before in another interview that breaking in was difficult, you know, trying to get from a 23s player to a first-team player is it's probably the, the hardest, you know, thing to do. But probably trying to get back into the team for me has been probably harder, you know, because the, the midfield three started on fire and, they, to be fair, they've been outstanding all season. So it was kind of a case where I had to go and, and try and add things to my game, which was, you know, at 20 years old, you know, 21, you have to... You kind of think I'm, I have my attributes now. I'm just going to work on them and and do what I'm good at. But you know, I had to try and learn new things like like heading and and get learning new positions and stuff like that. So it was a difficult period and you know a lot of frustration. But I just needed to get that opportunity. And to be fair to the gaffer, you know he didn't chuck me in when I, he probably didn't think I was ready. You know, so there's a combination of me having to be patient and yeah. although I might think I'm ready, yeah. I probably couldn't have been. So you know he's put me in now and I and. Obviously, he felt I was ready. I probably knew myself that I was 
more than ready. I probably thought I was ready a few months ago, but just to get in now and, and start producing good performances and getting good results. So, you know, it was a tough few months, but you know, it's, I suppose it's, it's character building and it's you know part Look of growing up. You know, you because know. it's it is tough spells, and you, you you've come out that other side, and uh, your performances over the last month have been brilliant. Part of a, a team that's playing some good football, getting results. And a couple of goals, so yeah, you must be really, really pleased with yourself. Yeah, no, I'm just absolutely delighted with how it's going. And, and to be fair, there's, there's these youngsters in our squad now that are producing performances. You know, we're not, you know, there's a few of us there that we're going to be chucked in and, and we'd be do, do as have, much as can you I can. Just put in there, do you now feel as a group, as a youngster, as you describe yourself as young, do you now feel like you're, you're still youngsters, but you're, you're in there on merit, you know? Yeah, you, that's what I was going to say. I was saying, like, you know, normally youngsters are chucked in it's kind of see how they get on. But I feel like now the youngsters we have in our squad aren't really looked upon as yeah. inexperienced or, you know, hopefully they'll do something. You know, we're nearly given responsibility to to make things happen. And, and I think, you know, the the club can only, you know, benefit from the amount of youngsters that are coming through and, and the belief that we have to break in. And, and like you said, now we're going, we're moving on from youngsters. It's like I still call myself a youngster, but, you know, we're hitting like I'm close to 35 games now for QPO yeah. so in a year and a bit so you know it's 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 getting to that transition stage now where you're going to have to start becoming uh, you know an integral part of the, the squad and and I think that's just credit to the people around the club that have, have brought us in and, and given us opportunities. You're right it does seem the case that the youngsters as you call it yourselves have quickly become established first team players and there's almost an expectancy when, when you guys take to the pitch which changing room are you all changing in? <laughs> Now we all got, well I got shifted off last, I'd say February, into the first team change room and then February 12 months ago into the first team change room and then there's, there's me and Furs I think got that one and then there's a few more then that got brought up, more of the young lads that got brought up then about three or four months ago so most of us that are involved now are all changing the first team change room and getting the first team benefits around the <laughs> training ground <laughs> so go on six games to go is it uh, Ryan Manning what's your targets for both personally and for the team from now at the end of the season personally I just want to play keep playing keep trying to score you know keep getting positive results and, and I think last year's finish of the season around this time although we probably didn't think it at the time we probably carried it into this season you know that sort of Momentum we didn't, you know, think was important. It was actually important. So I know we're going to try and finish strong and and hopefully, you know, go on a good winning streak, pick up a lot of points, and you know, winning is kind of it's a habit nearly. Well, you you know? get the momentum yeah. going. The next season, kind exactly. of thing, get everyone going away positive. Yeah, exactly. Like it's a habit. You know, you get that winning mentality, you win. So if we can carry that into next season and start bright, you know, and, and get results next season, you know, who God knows what you know we can we can achieve next year. Just finally on that, it's one defeat in six for QPR, so you do start seem to be bringing consistency into the results. And there is that sort of belief, and Ian Holloway has said it before, this group don't realise how good they potentially can be. The performance there, and Andy Sinton mentioned it on commentary, in the second half there was a feeling that the players starting to, to grow six inches and perhaps realise the potential. Yeah, no, 100%. You know, I think the standard of training we've had over you know the last year, I'd say, has really been brought on, you know, it's really intense and, you know, everyone's proper at it every day and I think that's just kind of coming to fruition now that it's kind of been brought out onto the pitch every week and, and I suppose, yeah, in that second half, I, I personally felt it as well, you know, we're popping the ball around like it was a kick about a training, you know, so I think that's only only positive for the club and positive for us going forward. So, yeah, definitely I think we're all starting to believe and, and, and hopefully, you know, we can carry it on. <laughs> 
Great to hear there from Ryan Manning, and boy, did he make an impact against Norwich on Bank Holiday Monday. He'll be hoping now to keep his place in the side for the trip to Hull City this weekend in what is a, another really tough game for the R's on the road. Always tough games, you know. Um, Hull down there, probably in my mind, needs a couple more wins mm. just to secure. Um, might need a couple more than that, but I think mid-40s will be enough this year. Yeah. What was it last year? 50-odd, I think. Yeah. 50, 51, I think so. But, you know, Hull... Um, Decent, decent at home. I think the the return of their striker, I always thought was going to be pivotal um, to help them stay up. So, yeah, another tough game. They look at league table, might not see our form. We'll see the recent results. Well, they'll probably look at QPR as one. that Winnable game. Come on, let's see if we can get three points, but we're in good form. We're recording this pod ahead of their league game against uh, league leaders Wolves on Tuesday night, so we don't know the outcome of that result as we're recording this, but um, they've won two of their last six. Um, Norwich at home, um, they won 4-3. They beat Ipswich away 3-0, which was obviously a good result, but they've had a real mixed bag of late. Um, after those two wins, they lost 3-0 at Birmingham, who were obviously struggling, and drew 0-0 uh, at home to Villa on Good Friday. So it's another opportunity, Andy, for us to, to really lay down the marker and look ahead to a positive end to the season. Yeah, I mean, from then, as Andy was alluding to, they're probably you know eyeing those points just to, to ensure their safety. And they're probably looking at QPR, look at our away record and think this is a perfect opportunity. But I think anyone that was at, at Villa, anyone that was at Fulham and anyone that was at Reading will will go there quietly confident, thinking you know they might just underestimate us because I think on the road, certainly in the last few weeks, You'd like to think we've we've perhaps turned the corner, mm. um, and you know we as we've as we've talked about we probably didn't get what we deserved at Reading, but hopefully we can continue where we left off and and get you know a, a positive result at Hull um, and keep that going. Andy, you're going to be joined by Les and Lee Hughes to hand out a free shirt, a free home shirt to every QBR fan who attends the game this weekend. And that's a, that's a really nice gesture to give something back to the supporters who have put in a, a lot of miles this year, spent a lot of their hard-earned money. And it's a, it's a great gesture to give them something back. Yeah, I think we touched on it earlier. And the fans, uh, I think, have been excellent all season, uh, certainly on the road. You know, they travel in their numbers. Let's, be fa- let's face it, it's not cheap to watch football these days. Some fans will make a, a weekend of it. They, they get behind their side through thick and thin, whatever the weather is. I've had some disappointments to, to watch, as we all have. But, um, yeah, they'll be there in the numbers on uh, on Saturday. And it's it's a it's a great gesture from the club. We did it at Leeds a couple of seasons ago. And we're doing it again. And I'm delighted just to play my small part. Well, since it's all still very raw, and I know this must be hard for you as a close friend of Ray's, but your initial reaction to this afternoon's devastating news. Just absolutely devastated. Um got the news Saturday morning that he was seriously ill. Um, feared the worst then, to be honest. Um, but just heard the news on the drive down to Loftus Road today, so, uh, as I say, absolutely devastated. As you pointed to, Ray's recent ill health has been well documented, but the news is still truly shocking all the same, isn't it? Yeah, he's had uh, he's had problems over the last year, you know. Um, um, but you just like to think when he's had... What he had done, he'd be uh, starting to get well. Um, not sure the exact circumstances of the other day, but um, obviously what's been re- uh, reported, he went into hospital and unfortunately hasn't made it out. So, uh, I say, absolutely devastated. Of course, you played with Ray and one of our most treasured teams in the 90s. What would be your 
abiding memories of him? First of all, Ray Wilkins was an outstanding footballer. Um, outstanding footballer, but if this makes sense, an even better person. You know, I certainly um, looked up to him and still do. Um, he was an inspiration to me, and I'm sure I speak for many of my teammates in that team, and I'm sure they won't mind me saying the likes of Clyde Wilson, Les Fernand, Dave Barnsley, Rufus Brevet, the list could go on, Kevin Gallen, uh, the list would go on and on and on. Um, but um, he taught me so much about the game, he taught me so much about um, being a better person, uh, he taught me so much about believing in yourself and I owe uh, a hell of a lot, as do all those names that I've mentioned and many, many others. Uh, the career we had was largely down to Ray Wilkins. You used the word amazing. What made Ray Wilkins amazing? Everything. His professionalism, he oozed class as a player, um, you know, the way he trained, the way he looked, uh, the way he conducted himself. Uh, on the field, he could dictate a game. Uh, when needed to, you know, he was a he was a leader. He was a captain. He was an inspiration. He was fantastic in the dressing room. Um, you know, when he came to QPR, eighty-four England caps. You know, played for some of the biggest clubs in the world: uh, AC Milan, Paris Saint-Germain, Glasgow Rangers, Manchester United, and captain Chelsea when he was seventeen years old. So when he came here, you know, you you weren't, or I wasn't quite sure what I was going to get. But for the moment he walked through the door, pure class. Um, and as I say, he taught me so much, uh, and I owe him a hell of a lot. And I just can't believe I'm not going to see him again. People talk about his spells elsewhere, and, and quite rightly so, but Ray played more games for QPR than he did with anyone else, a true Rangers legend. Yeah, uh, I'm going to miss my frequent chats with him, you know, would you play golf? Uh, later this week, he was a huge supporter of our successful Forever Ours Club, uh, which we inducted him to. And last year, he supported our golf day and uh, donated a, an auction prize, which actually uh, was a four ball that he was sorting out. And uh, I was due to play with him in that very, very soon. Uh, I spoke to him a little over a week ago, and he was bubbly. He was really looking forward to that. But he holds Queen's Park Rangers dear to his heart. You know, he had. Uh, some really fantastic years as a, he as a player. Went on to be, uh, you know, the manager. Um, had a brilliant career, a fantastic coach. And I think the mark of the man is how people will remember him and spoke about him. But also he spoke about him whilst he was still, uh, whilst he was still with us. Just a, a fantastic man. And I'd just like to uh, pay my own tribute uh, by saying, you know, he was my hero, he was an inspiration. And I know I speak for everyone at Queen's Park Rangers. Um, former teammates, everyone at the club now are magnificent fans and everyone who he's uh, touched in his life is um, going to be sorely missed. Liverpool struggling to get it away. It's going to come out to Wilkins. Wilkins! And it's in! Ray Wilkins with a magnificent strike right past Bruce Gravelart. That was brilliant by Ray Wilkins.